iHeart Radio station. Antonio Orsini is a kid who plays football for Upper Sinclair High School. He's had three concussions. The kid wants to keep playing football. The mom wants the kid to keep playing football. The dad does not want the kid to keep playing football. The mom and dad are divorced, and of course, this has become a legal issue. It's in the courts. The kid, Antonio Orsini... He has been cleared to play by his doctor. Antonio's going to be a senior next year and turns 18 during the football season. So at that point, it's his decision whether or not to play. But the phrase that pays is, the kid is cleared to play and wants to play. What's there to even think about? Let him play. I'm not a big fan of dad here. It kind of sounds like this is dad trying to exercise control over mom, who the kid lives with. Either that, or there's only one word to describe dad, and I'm going to spell it out for you. S-A-W-F-T. Soft! At any rate, hey dad, guess what? You just made the list. This is nuts, right? Dad wants to overrule the doctor. He's throwing around phrases like, I'm trying to save his future, I'm trying to save his life, but Dad's not a doctor, and the doctor says it's okay for the kid to play. What a schmuck Dad is. If it was dangerous, the doctor would say so. That's what doctors do. And the dad and kid don't even talk because of this. What a stooge this dad is. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing Count on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning needs. Uh, we've been talking about the Todd Gurley versus Le'Veon Bell debate. Let me read these stats for you again one more time. Last year, Le'Veon Bell i got to find the stats first. Okay, here they are. Todd Gurley had 1,305 yards rushing. Lev Bell had 1,291. Slight, ever so slight advantage to Gurley. Gurley's yards per carry was 4.7. Bell's was 4.0. Big advantage for Gurley. Gurley had 788 yards receiving. Bell had 655. Slight advantage to Gurley. Gurley's yards per catch was 12.3. Bell's was 7.7. Big advantage to Gurley. Gurley had 20 plays of 20 yards or more. Bell had just eight. Big advantage to Gurley. Gurley made 3.76 mil last year. Bell made what was an 11 and change with the uh, franchise tag. Big advantage, Gurley. A lot cheaper. So I want somebody out there, anybody, to call me and tell me exactly how 
Le'Veon Bell is a better back than Todd Gurley. And tell me how even remotely Le'Veon Bell had a better season last year than Todd Gurley. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Call me and tell me. I bet you won't because I know you can't. But call me and tell me. Let's go to Joe in the car. Joe, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? Terrific. Hey, uh, I just wanted to uh, discuss the last segment you were talking about with the uh, child that wants to play football. But well, when you say child, he's not four years yeah, old. He's he's no, he's, yeah, he's going right. to be a senior in high school. Yeah. So, um, well, anyways, I think three concussions before the age of eighteen. I think that's pretty significant. Are you a doctor? No. Well, I work in the medical field. Very, you, very are you a doctor? And, are you a uh, doctor? I'm not. Have I, you examined Antonio Orsini? I am not. You see, because I don't know if you heard this part of it. It sounds like conveniently you didn't. But Antonio Orsini has been examined by a doctor. Okay, not whatever it is you are, but by a doctor. And the doctor says it's okay for him to play. Yeah, no, I I heard that part. And I agree. He did get cleared by a doctor. The only thing I would say is, even though he was cleared by a doctor to play, does that necessarily mean he should play? You know, especially when we don't know necessarily. Yeah, if he was cleared by a doctor to play, it means it's okay for him to play at the very least. Okay, but then at the next concussion, say he's okay to play. You see, it really offends me. It really offends me. I don't know whether you clean bedpans or whatever it is you do in the medical profession, but it offends me that you're telling a doctor who examined the kid and cleared him that he's wrong. When you've never even seen the kid and you're not a doctor, that offends me. I mean, who the frig do you think you are? I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with the doctor. I'm just open. Oh, I'll be glad to hear that. Him being a doctor and all. No, I'm just saying. Like, I guess the question is, even though he's cleared, should he play? You know, the doctor. Yes, I'm going to say it really slow this time. The doctor said it's okay for him to play. Now, if you're going to be Uh, exercise semantics about the word should, nobody should play football. It's a damaging game. But the doctor, which you are not, examined him, which you haven't, and said it's okay for the kid to play. Totally understand that. I I don't think you do. No, 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 no. I I absolutely do. Okay, I know you don't because you're going to say again that maybe he shouldn't play, which shows you don't understand it at all. Anything else? I guess the only thing I want to say is, you know, how many concussions is too many concussions, I wonder. I can tell you exactly how many concussions is too many. When the doctor doesn't clear you to play, that's when it's too many. Not every concussion's the same. Not every brain's the same. Not every brain handles concussions the same. Yeah, well, then, but can you argue with the dad for, for being concerned about his son? I think the dad's doing this as a way to control the mother. I don't know, but you can say the same thing. Do you know what the dad's doing, and do you know the dad? If you're asking me if I know the doctor. He's not a doctor. Yeah. I know that. All the men, I you know. see, Here's the thing. In, 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 what, what do you do in the medical profession? i got to know after all this. Uh, I'm a nurse anesthetist, so I, I put people to sleep. You've done a great job with that so far on this program. Let's go to Jeremy in California. Jeremy, you're on with Double M. Hey, what's going on, Mark? How you doing? What up? 
Nah, let the kid play ball, what do you say, huh? Well, no, I, if the doctor says he's cleared to play, then it's the kid's choice. I agree. Uh, I, don't know, I just wanted to comment on what you were saying earlier. I caught the the accent or you know, the back end of it about McDavid and um, you know being compared to Crosby and the likes of Ovechkin. You know, like at what point in McDavid's career, you know, is uh, is he really compared to them? You know, you look at Edmonton uh, this year, kind of lower down in the standings. You know. Yeah. What What are we on? What basis are we comparing McDavid and Crosby right now? I mean, I guess you could compare them as far as goal scoring and. Uh, oh, McDavid's having uh, a good year on a bad team, but it's still a bad team, and he can't uplift them, which is what your job is when you're the the first pick overall whiz kid picked by the team that has potential but needs somebody to be the catalyst. Crosby came in and was the catalyst from the get go. McDavid has been up and down, inconsistent when it comes to being the catalyst. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's take one more call. Josh in New Salem. Josh, you're on with Double M. Hello, Double M. Big fan, big fan. What up? Um, I, I would just like to say um, that I think Bell's better than Gurley because he's the best back in the league. He's a more well-rounded player. Oh, because you say he's the best back in the league and more well-rounded. Okay, I'll buy that. He's certainly better. Now, what about statistics? They don't matter at all? Oh, yeah, I'm getting to that. So I think Bell's better at pass protection. That's not a stat that you can look up. Yeah, um, that that, that doesn't that doesn't matter all that much. Although Ben would disagree. It's a nice little arrow to have in your quiver, but it but it's about the same as Heinz uh, Ward being a great blocker. It, it's a nice little extra, but it's not one of your main responsibilities. Go ahead. Gotcha. Um, Bell didn't play in his last game. Gurley went off in his last three. If you take those last three big numbers... See, big you're numbers really out, digging deep here. You're trying to find phony reasons, if you'll forgive me for saying so, where Bell's better. Bell's just not better. I'm going to go back to the the, uh, the the big weapons, which is 4.7 yard average to 4.0, 12.3 yard average on receptions to 7.7. Every time Gurley touched the ball, on average, he did better than Bell. Right, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think the numbers... the, the numbers. No, what are, you're saying is you're a fan of Le'Veon Bell and you're picking with your heart and not your head. With, he's with, also with, more consistent. Uh, no, no, actually he's not because, because... He's not more consistent because those things I just quote are called averages. Averages. That's dividing the yards by the carries or the yards by the catch. Averages. Those are an exact indicator of consistency. Averages. You got it? Yeah, I got you. Now, how many times has Gurley lined up as receiver? Well, um, I don't know, but however many times it was, it was enough to have 500 more receiving yards and to average uh, five yards more per catch. So what the frig difference does it make where he lines up? You're right. They're both great backs, so we'll just no, Gurley's that. better. I, I, no, we'll leave it. At th- we'll leave it at that. Gurley's better. Bye. We got Jake, Mike, and Chris on hold. We got Dejan at the bottom of the hour. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double F, big fan, man. Thanks. If you were a hot dog and you were starving, would you eat yourself? I would. I'd be delicious. Ditto. The X at 105.9.
Little NFL note, the Seattle Seahawks traded Michael Bennett to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, that in of itself makes me no never mind, although it's the rich getting richer in Seattle, apparently moving on from that Legion of Boom defense. I think Richard Sherman is also going to be out of there. Remember when Michael Bennett got accosted by the police in Las Vegas? You know he totally lied about that, right? And the video showed he totally lied about that, but nobody's made a big deal out of him totally lying about that. And without talking about this for too long, somebody should make a big deal out of him totally lying about that because he totally lied about that. Let's go to Mike in New Kensington. Mike, you're on the Mark Madden Show. I was calling about uh, Le'Veon Bell. Right. I, I agree that uh, his stats are nowhere near Gurley's, at, at least last season, and he's being paid plenty. I think he'd be well served to realize that. But that said, the Steelers are a better team with him, and he's better off with a contending team than he would be elsewhere. I, I agree with both of those assertions, although it is worth noting that all six backs in the Super Bowl last year between both teams made a total of $7.2 million between them. So you can't handle that position affordably with the league being so tilted toward the pass. I agree with that as well. You know, but, but uh, I, I again... Nobody's giving me evidence as to why Bell's better than Gurley. Because you can't. Because you can't. All the evidence says Gurley's better. Not you overruling the evidence. The stats are saying, well, I, I know Bell's better. Let's go to Jake from State Farm. Jake, what are you wearing? Khakis, as always. Do go on. Hey, Mark, I saw this Star Wars senior guy. He was on the news yesterday with Andy Sheehan. Well, and his goal was to get on the news. No mistake. And it seemed like it was, it was more about him. It seemed like he wanted to get back at the wife. He actually, he was a lawyer or a former lawyer, I think he said in the story. And he, like his wife and kids, the kid has two brothers, and none of them talk to the dad. So it seems like he wants to stick it to the wife, and that's you know one way to get to it. That that's the impression point. I got, too. So, yeah. The doctor says the kid can play. The kid wants to play. Uh, one parent says... No, one parent says yes. To me, the doctor breaks the tie, and I think the fact that the kid's living with the mother who wants him to play should be reflected as well. And when he's 18, he makes the call. Let's go to Jim in the car. Jim, you're on with Double M. Yeah, Mark, what's up? What up? I wanted to call about uh, the kid playing ball. Right. I don't know. I think it should be ultimately decided by the parents. I mean, I know. Well, what, one says one says he can play. One says he shouldn't. The doctor says it's okay. So what decision should be made? Uh, I feel like if they can't come to an agreement on that whether he should play, then, I mean, obviously one of them is having reservations about it. You know the kid so, wants to play, right? Yeah, yeah, I understand Does that. Does he figure into this at all or no? What? Does he figure into this at all or no? To the kid? Yeah. Uh, how old is the kid whenever the season starts? He'll be 17 when the season starts. He'll turn 18 during the season. During the season? Right. And, can again, the doctor can, has can cleared you, him to play. Can, can you let me talk or are you going to just keep uh, We'll just hang up on you. If you're going to be that way, we'll just hang up on you because no one knows who the frig you are. Up next, Dejan Kovacevic, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. You don't have an option. You think it's the you show? It's the me show. Hey, what's up, Mark? Come on. The lights, the robe, the hair, the woo! Yeah. 
The X at 105.9. I'm joined now in studio by the constructor and conductor of DKPittsburghSports.com. It's Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic. Uh, Dejan, what ultimately will happen with Le'Veon Bell? What's the end game going to be? The end game, the end result is going to be that Le'Veon's going to show up. The Steelers are going to welcome him. I bet he misses a few games. And I don't think it's a few. I think you might see one or two. It'll be similar to last year. That's a few, actually. No, it isn't. Out of 16, one or two? That's a few. I mean... Look up few. Isn't few like seven or eight or something like that? No, no. I I think that's more akin to several. (laughs) Okay. At any rate, I don't think he's going to miss a significant portion of the upcoming season. if he misses two and they lose one and they miss the playoffs by a game, that would be significant. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. There's too much there. Uh, there's 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 too much there without him uh, in terms of their offense. I, they'll be able to put up points. I I, I think that this is all going to be a really dramatic summer. Uh, there's going to be a lot of back and forth. I just saw that Le'Veon said that he's going to have some Instagram live session tonight at eight o'clock what could with go readers. Wrong there? <laughs> Nothing at all, right? And he'll do what he always does, which is he answers one person one way, answers another person the other way, just saying whatever it is that he thinks that to person fair, wants to hear. To be fair, because he's not very bright. Well, he has certainly behaved in a not very bright fashion for a long time. Well, now, so. to me, never mind not very bright, I think he's being unreasonable. The Steelers offered him $13.3 million per year, and even that's too much. In a passing league, that's too much to pay a running back. He should feel fortunate to get that offer, but he wants more. Now, it's in a naked, passing naked. league and a running back, come on. A passing league and a running back, he's a he's as much a wide receiver as he is a running back. Boy, you can listen to him, don't you? No, I look at the stats. Yeah, I got his stats right here. Yeah, you're going to give me the yards per carry for the millionth time. And the yards per catch, too. The yards per 7. catch. 7.7. How about the number of catches? How about the number of first down catches? How many do you have? Do he you know? was a, oh, off the top of my head. I'm sitting here on live radio. You're not well prepared. I'm sitting. <laughs> I sit here on live radio for three hours a day. Yeah, you're paid for this. I know. <laughs> but uh, but no, I I just I think that uh, he should take the thirteen point three and shut the frig up. You know, I I think that he's not the type to shut the frig up. He's just not. He's going to try to make some kind of scene. He's going to make raps out of it. Uh, he's going to do his thing. But you know no, what? No, no, he's a jackass. Here's the no th- question. Yeah, but here's the thing, Mark. Okay, I'm not going to disagree with any of that, but at the same time, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I've said the same thing to him, too, when, at different points during the past season. When he's running the way he did last season, he ran hard. He ran with it, it, heart. He not, was knocking yeah, that, guys that's over. That's not tangible. His numbers weren't that great. It's absolutely tangible. No, it's not. Yeah, he was the number All one running matters. back in the NFL. No, he How wasn't. Was that Todd Gurley tangible? was. Oh, please. Todd oh. Gurley had a nice finish in some meaningless games. Oh, okay. okay? So, so, in other words, you're quoting numbers at the yin-yang just seconds ago, but now that they turn against you, the numbers no, don't matter. No, I, I said that Gurley had a really strong finish in some mostly meaningless games against lesser competition. Bell Boy, that's ran true. hard against AFC Woo-hoo, North teams. he ran hard! Defense. Way to go! Run hard! I'm just saying, if we're talking about intangibles here... I'm not. I don't care about intangibles. He's a dope or he doesn't care or whatever. No, no, him being a dope is very tangible. But on the field, the fact that he cares is also very tangible. Whoopee. Good for him. He cares. That's my point here. That's all. That's that's my only point. He averaged four yards a carry, which isn't anything. So I've heard on this show. Uh, You can actually Google that. Uh, The Roonies have always had a choke point with holdouts. Franco, Merriweather, even Heinz Ward, who they kind of backed into a corner after he tried to do the same to them. 
What's Dan Rooney's choke point with Le'Veon Bell? I don't know because excuse me, Art Rooney. I, I don't know because holdouts are different whenever it comes to the tag. You know what I mean? You're not technically signed, um, and and you're not technically their property. So it, it's a little bit of a different situation as opposed to holding out on an existing contract. The players that you mentioned were existing contract issues. Antonio right. Brown too. So this is a little bit different. I don't think they're in a but position. But no less annoying if you're if you're Art Rooney. Yeah, I mean it's no less annoying if you're any of them. Kevin Colbert, uh, Mike Tomlin, forget, since for you, the teammates. Since you were going game by game with Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell got off to a bad start in the first three games from last year. He did. And and you don't know for sure it was because he reported late, but that's a reasonable assumption. I think it's a very reasonable assumption. I think it'll be a reasonable assumption if it happens again this year, even if he just misses training camp and shows up for the opener. But at the same time, I, I think that the Steelers understand that the situation is a little bit different. And clearly, Mark, here, listen to what they're saying. They're ready to just go through with this. They've made up their minds. This guy is our running back. We're going to do whatever we have to do to get him. Unless he doesn't show up. Unless he doesn't show up, but then he's going to walk well, no, away from fourteen and a half million dollars. He's not going, going to do that. If they're going to do whatever they have to do to get him. Why not just give him the fifteen million year like he wants? Well, I meant whatever they're going to do within the context of the franchise tag. They're not to going have to be him doing for dramatic this year. things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Now, uh, why not go with the platoon of backs like Philadelphia and New England did? Give me a good reason to not do that. The number one reason is that you have a very experienced and excellent quarterback who's used to playing a certain way with Le'Veon. You have an experienced and expensive offensive line that's used to blocking a certain way for Le'Veon, and you have a new offensive coordinator coming in in Todd Feetner, even if it is the same Randy playbook. Randy Feetner. Right. Sorry, Todd. He I he just mixed him with Todd Haley. He didn't change his name to honor Haley. Uh, he is going to have a challenge unto itself in just getting the offense going. The last thing you want is to mess with it. This is not some... No, no, I, I don't disagree with that. Do you know what that, I'm saying? But don't you think they should put a plan B, at least in the back of their yeah, minds? Yeah, I think there has to be a plan B that's more significant than, well, we have Fitz Toussaint and James Conner coming off of knee surgery. Talking today, John Kovacevic. He's brought to you by Walnut Grill. Uh, i got to get to some hockey talk. How do the Penguins match up against Philadelphia? Because... I never thought the Flyers would be fighting for first place this year in March. Well, Ron Hextel's done a really good, I think, under the radar, at least across the hockey world, job of bringing in younger, talented forwards. I think he's gotten a little lucky, but yeah. A little bit. I still think they have a lot of guys who stink. They they have some who stink. They, they have also have some who... Too. They have... Yeah, but they also lost a lot of those loser points. I know what you're talking about. Back in that 10-game losing streak that was really strange. Uh, they have a younger defense. I know you don't like them. I kind of do. Uh, oh, I like I like Gostas Bear and Provorov. I think below that they stink. I like Gostas Bear a lot. Eh, he's small. Uh, um, yeah, but he's he moves. he's small in an era where you can be small if you can move, which he, he can. He he absolutely can. The, but he was rotten last year. The part, sophomore drinks maybe. The I don't know. part that that makes the Flyers a puzzle in a matchup context with anybody including Pittsburgh, is goaltending. I mean, they're without Brian Elliott right now. They've got Peter Mrazek, who all of a sudden looks like Peter Mrazek again after the big February that the Flyers had. He's lost all three games so far in March. Um, He's not very good. He's certainly not an answer. Uh, Elliott's health status is very much uncertain going into the playoffs. So that's the matchup, really. I mean, if, if... Philadelphia doesn't have goaltending, and they haven't had it since the current GM was actually the goaltender. <laughs> That's pretty rough. That's true. That's true. Now, in 2012, Philadelphia unnerved Pittsburgh in that playoff series. Could they do the same in a playoff series this year? You know, a couple weeks ago, the Flyers went three games in a row 
without a single penalty minute. It was the first time any team yeah, in the I NHL wonder, had I wondered, done that. I wondered about that. Yeah. I just wonder if it's because the refs aren't calling anything. It might be. They're, they're fading a little bit, as we saw the other night in the Calgary and game. Gudas and Manning and, and a couple. Well, yeah, yeah, Gudas is the guy who could really, he can pop off at any second. You know, and I think he's the guy that's probably and most that, likely that, to do something And that's what's funny, tonight. too, because Hexy, you know, he came, you know, his management background is the L.A. Kings, where he was an assistant general manager, mm-hmm. and they were far from a dirty team. They were a, a skilled team, and he's tried to switch over in Philadelphia. Yeah, you just can't he, all the way. But then he gave Gudas a long-term deal. He just can't help himself. No. They just can't help they themselves. They can't, and they still have an awful lot of the old guard flyers that are around there. Bobby Clark's still around the Paul arena. Holmgren. The atmosphere, Paul Holmgren. Uh, actually, he's around the team all the time. You yeah, can see him. He's the president, I yeah. think. So when you look around... Uh, that atmosphere, it doesn't change. The atmosphere tonight in Philadelphia is going to be exactly what you'd expect it to be for a Penguins-Flyers game, meaning off the ice. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not the players themselves will respond to it. But, yeah, they still have that capability. Who is the NHL MVP, and does Claude Giroux figure at all into the conversation? The NHL MVP, if the season stops this second, has to be Nikita Kucherov, best player for best team. Uh, and, Even and though Malkin's scorer, been the best player by yes, far since January 1? At this second, if, if if the current momentum keeps up as it is, Gino's going to soar right past him. I don't think there's any question about that. And Gino will put himself so far into the conversation that even people around the hockey world would have to notice that he's having the best year of all. Well, I, I think right now it's Kucherov for Gino, and I think there's a bunch of guys at the next level like Giroux, Taylor Hall, you can't ignore Ovechkin. You can't. Ovechkin has been the singular reason, I think, that Washington didn't have the big drop-off we'd all expected. Well, they have had a drop-off, but that's because of Not like we thought. And a lot of their guys, a lot of their players aren't as good as they were last year. Ovi's actually better than he was last year. He's been better, and I love that you mentioned Taylor Hall. Uh, The Devils have had the biggest turnaround in hockey and he has been the guy that John Hines there in New Jersey has built it on. He's logging 25, 26 yeah, but minutes you know a what? night. I can't give MVP to a guy who's 14th in the league in scoring. No, but he's in the conversation, yes, and that's yes. what we're having here. At this moment... The, con- the conversation is this guy's good, but he shouldn't win at it. At this moment, it's Kucherov. Uh, For me. I, I talked about the Flyers' record being a bit deceptive with the 11 loser points. Is the Penguins' record also a bit deceptive? They have... 11 overtime wins, and you don't play three-on-three in the playoffs. Yeah, you know what I like about the Penguins' 11-4 and record? It's in overtime slash shootouts, is that out of that, they're 2-2 two and two in shootouts, which means that they're an honest 9-2 and two in the actual overtime in the three-on-three, which is a really cool figure. Um, that actually is hockey. I mean, it's not you know ideal hockey. It's three-on-three. It's, it's, three. it's a hybrid. But... You're being rewarded for, of all things, speed, skill, and creativity, which is not a bad thing. And at a team level. Although three-on-three three occurs less often than penalty shots. It does. With but the, the, in regulation but the, but the You mean it for a result? Yes. Yeah, but the Penguins have been great at finishing it when they needed to so they didn't have to go to shootout. And let's give credit here two words do because we've all talked about their stars producing in three-on-three, three, especially Phil Kessel. But they've also gotten great goaltending, and they did the other night, too, from Tristan Jari. He did take away that angle on Johnny Goudreau. That's Dejan Kovacevic brought to you by Walnut Grill. I'm Mark Madden. It's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX.